This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Episode 200, baby, how to get stacked with money. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen for the 200th time. My name is Jill. And we are so excited not just to be celebrating 200, over 200 hours with all of you, but also having on some guests that we regard as our podcast and personal finance mentors that really made Frugal Friends what it is today. And so we have a super fun, refreshing episode for you to celebrate this 200th show. This really is a celebration and so glad to be here with all of you and to share this with the people from Stacking Benjamins and talk about how do we keep momentum. This is, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. We're so thrilled to be here. Yes. I, I'm just like beyond excited. So I can't even find my words because we made it 200. Yes. Oh my gosh. But first, before we get into the fun, we must droll on with our sponsors. But our sponsors are fun too. You know that. First is the Modern Frugal Living ebook. You may have heard us talking about it the past several weeks. Jill and I have published an ebook with over 200 ways to save money that includes checklists and resources so you can take action on the highest impact strategies quickly. The first way you can save money is by getting the ebook for free. So to get your free copy, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com/ebook. And you'll also get two weeks of accountability emails to help you take action on the book. It's a pretty short book. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook and start getting those quick wins that will snowball your momentum to financial freedom. Also brought to you by Brick Houses. (laughs) Strong, sturdy, reliable, pleasing to the eye. Mighty, mighty, (laughs) letting it all hang out. Brick houses across the nation and around the globe have clamored to sponsor our 200th episode. 200 nearly one hour long episodes. 
stacking on top of one another to build a strong, sturdy, reliable, mighty, mighty support to your financial journey. Brick houses. There's nothing wrong here. We got what you need. So probably a small, I would estimate 200 bricks would be a small house. What would you estimate, Jill? <laughs> we talk about estimating uh-huh. later in this episode. I short story went to a pool at one point with my brother, spotted this really beautiful, stunning girl. My brother's single. I was like, I'll help you talk to her. Uh, then was just describing the situation the other day to a friend. And I described this girl. I'm like, she was just a brick house. And they're like, what do you mean by that? Like they thought like, was she really, was she like strong? Like, like kind of like big, strong girl. I was like, no, like a brick house. Like there was nothing wrong, nothing wrong here. Brick house. (laughs) You know, (laughs) nothing wrong here. She's a brick house. It was also (laughs) at a pool. So she let it all hang out. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like brick houses, you can't find anything wrong with them. They're just, it's a brick house. You're like, now I get it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how that's I beautiful. utilize the term brick that's house. That's beautiful Nothing wrong and here. uplifting. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're aiming if, for. <laughs> this is going to be a really fun episode. We have Joe Saul from Stacking Benjamins, which longtime listeners of the show will know that we definitely modeled our show after Stacking Benjamins, but made it completely our own. And Joe has been a a mentor of mine over the last four years. And I have been on Sacking Benjamin several times, but to have him on our show feels like a full circle. It's a a great pleasure and honor to have him. And Emily Guy Birkin has written several books, um, including End Financial Stress Now and The Last Five Years Before You Retire. And she is a financial journalist who is, she's a gifted writer and personal finance expert. So these people know what they're talking about and are also so fun. They are just fun people to be around. And you don't always get that in personal finance media. It's not, I wouldn't say, uh, Jill doesn't go to the financial media conference because she doesn't believe that it's a great party. And I beg to differ, but also my standards for parties might be lower. But so it is, I can understand how you would think it's it's not <laughs> easiest. It's not, it's not exactly it, but okay, that's your perspective. <laughs> so, All right. So to find like to find two people that are just a joy uh to be around, so fun to talk about really the mindset behind personal finance and going through long goal journeys. So if you are into that, we have a few other episodes that you can queue up to play. Uh, Episode 55, Staying Motivated While Paying Off Debt. That's a good one. Or episode 139, Money Mindset Shifts that we all need to make. Those two are going to follow up to this one very nicely. Beautiful. Let's get into it with Emily and Joe. Emily and Joe, welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast. We're super, super, super excited that you are here with us. Thank you. I can't believe we're here. This, there is, there are a few moments in life. There was when I got married, our twins were born, but then the big one was we made the Frugal Friends podcast. (laughs) 
And and wow. people know, people will know there there may not be a Frugal Friends podcast without the Stacking Benjamins podcast. That makes me feel and good, but least- that is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. That's very nice, but uh at least to the extent that it is today cuz you're the only personal finance podcast that I listened to when we started this show. So there is a bit of truth to it. She's truly not flattering here. But when I knew Jen, before I was in the personal finance space, all I heard was stacking Benjamins this, stacking Benjamins that. And then when we talked about our show, she's like, well, here's how stacking Benjamins does it. This is the way not to do it. I've learned everything not to do. No, no, no. It was a good thing. She's she's a true fan. So how better than to celebrate our 200th episode by having you all on. Thank you. Uh, Thank oh, yeah. You. We, didn't, we didn't tell you this is our 200th oh, episode. I would have worn and the party hat it with you. Emily, we didn't wear our party yeah, hat. I've got, I've got, you know, the 2001 glasses from way back when I could t- cut the one off. Now <laughs> my toddler broke my party hat, but we're still celebrating with our coffee, which may or may not be spiked. I'm not going to ask anybody. It is episode 200. But we're going to we're going to just do something fun today because your book is like personal finance 101, but like 101. fun. And I'm I hope that's wow. She was working on that all last fun. That is who. Well, that's why. Why didn't we get that for the cover? Yeah. Why did it's in yeah. the outline? Yeah. yeah, I wrote it down. Oh so my I wouldn't goodness! Forget well, that's how important I it was. I can't wait to, me. to tell my husband because he <laughs> hates puns, and I, like I love the groan. I love the oh, or even like Emily's okay, all again. about salt in the wound. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that that could happen for you. Uh, so that's I mean, frugal friends is fun. Stacking Benjamins stacked. It's fun. So we're just talking about how essentially. We can do personal finance, but like make it fun. And that's uh, that's what we're going into today. And there's literally no other people better to do this. And I know, Joe, I've talked a lot about you and Stacking Benjamins, but I will say like, Emily, I met you at FinCon, like maybe in 2017, and it was on a bus. We were going to a dinner and you were you were like, you talked to me. <laughs> as a person. And to me, that meant so much to me to be on a bus and have a human being like, just talk to me colloquially. I've had people talk to me on buses before when I didn't want them to talk to me. <laughs> well, that's usually before they fall asleep on your shoulder, you know, and drool on your sweater. That's right. That's like, hey, nice that was right before I fell asleep on you. Right. So I really appreciated that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to have you guys. So I love the name of the book, Stacked. And so my first question for you guys is, why make personal finance fun? What's the point? It's actually something very serious because when you think about your show, we think about all the personal finance shows out there, all of the YouTube videos, all the blogs. There's still so many people, as, as, as Jen, you and Jill know, that we're leaving behind. There's just so many people. And it's frustrating because, you know, when you hear popular media, they always say, well, there's not enough information out there. Are you kidding me? There is so much information out there and there's so many brilliant creators and there still are so many people that, uh, that don't feel confident about their money. And to really put a 
pin on it, not to be overly dramatic, but there's this uh, piece, uh, a study that was done by a group called Nonfiction. They're a research company. And they've done, by the way, these awesome research topics on just about everything. But they have a piece called The Secret Financial Life of Americans, where they say that nearly 150 million people report that they've cried about their money. And yet, when people like the two of you or Emily and I, we get questions about money from money nerds or whatever, they're like, so what's hot? What's the, what's the cool thing? What's the new thing? Or even people that don't know money, they think that's what they're supposed to ask. And I don't know about you, but I don't think people are crying about the fact that backdoor Roth IRAs might go away, right? They're, <laughs> they're not crying about the fact that, that central bank digital currency might be a bigger thing in our lives than crypto. Like that's the hot new stuff going on right now. Nobody's crying about that. So yeah, I think we need to make it as fun as we can so that people that aren't attracted to the space normally are attracted to these discussions that we need to have you know, they find the front door warm and inviting. Yeah. My, my most recent book prior to Stacked um, was something called End Financial Stress Now. And that was a labor of love. It was something that I had been wanting to write for like 10 years. Um, uh, it was very much about my mindset about money and trying to help people to kind of calm down um, about their their own concerns about money because you know it's very hard to make good decisions when you're feeling overwhelmed and panicked. Uh, no one has ever said about a decision. I'm so glad I made that when I was in a panic and in a rush and like completely overwhelmed with emotions. So um, I have a friend who, when that book came out, she bought it to support me, but she told me privately, she's like, I'm afraid to read this. Because she was saying that she was really concerned that she was so far behind that the book was going to make her feel worse. And, um, you know, I reassured her, no, 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 that is not at all where I'm coming from. But it made me realize that there's this opportunity here because even a book that I wrote to be reassuring, that I wrote from the point of view of like, I can help you lower your financial stress. People are going to be turned off by because they, the, their only knowledge of financial media is shame, shame, shame. You know, you're to blame because of avocado toast and lattes. And if you'd started 10 years ago, you'd be fine. And so now you're, you're sunk. And so having a book that starts from the point of view of, we're going to be playful about this. We're going to make jokes. We're going to share our own mistakes. We're going to make it clear that, you know, there's many paths to get to where you need to go and you can enjoy yourself while you do it. That's going to help people kind of lower their, their defenses against, um, you know, learning about this stuff because we're making it clear that it doesn't have to be this terrifying process. And as Emily was talking, I was thinking too that I think we kind of did this to ourselves. I mean, not the four of us here, but just collectively the financial media. I mean, when you look at the big names in financial media, Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, how do we approach these topics? We call in to this guru who's phenomenal and they tell you what you're doing wrong right? That's what people expect from the financial place. Like, ooh, you're some kind of... And, and, and I know there's people that, that... You guys have gotten the same response because Jen, you and I have talked about this before that we've gotten. You know, you play around too much. You're not giving me the quick answer. You're not judging me about my money. And so I feel like in some ways, the expectation's been set by the big names that that's the, what financial education needs to be. And it's not at all true. Well, even amongst 
finance advisors, I think there's a lot of shame. I mean, you have to almost set yourself as an expert. This is complicated to understand. You have to come to me to manage your money, even if some of it could be done on our own. It just feels so untouchable. And so even for job security and job protection in the financial space, I think that there's this perpetuation of, yeah, this is complicated. You do need to pay someone and go to the expert. And so I love how you're describing just lowering that barrier barrier to entry. And it could be that we seek out experts. We need that at various points in time. But how can we also, as the average person, stretch our muscles a little bit more, gain a knowledge, a working knowledge and understanding of some of the things that we can do, not that it's all unattainable for us. And fun is a big part of that. The decrease of shame, the increase of a you can do this and giving people even just the tools for problem solving and researching themselves. I love that this is entering into the personal finance space, and it's what you're describing. It feels like a breath of fresh air, and I hope it does too for our listeners who are hearing not just Jen and I saying this, but you all from you know Stacking Benjamins talking about this. So thank you. I, just, I feel like I want to offer gratitude that this is where we're moving into. But that being said, I am curious, what is the story behind the stacked mindset? How can, how can we get one? What is it? What's the story? <laughs> how can I get how can I get that? Well, first I, I, I want to give a little shout out to my sister. I was asking her for a little help with something formatting on my website about stacked. And so, you know, she's very good with design and things like that. And we're going through that. And at the end of the call, she's like, you do know stacked also means big boobs, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, honey, that's 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 why we chose it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, she's just looking out. She's she's just just, just making sure. (laughs) So um, in any case, the stacked mindset, I think for both of both me and Joe is not taking ourselves so seriously. So, and now I want to make it clear that that's about the, the issues of money can be very serious. Like they can be life and death. They can be like, you know, rent or, or groceries, like those questions. And that is not something that we ever want to poke fun at, but coming at the issues of money with this sense of like, I can make mistakes and I can find my humor in those mistakes. That is very freeing. So that if you make a mistake where you're in a position where you're like, I am not sure how I'm going to pay for this, that can be very overwhelming. But if you kind of turn it around and say like, instead of it being like, oh, everything sucks and I'm bad at this, you can be like, wow, I really stepped in it. That's pretty funny. You know, like there's, there's something hilarious (laughs) about the fact that, um, you know, I knew better and I did this anyway, or, you know, just like stand outside looking in like, wow, that's kind of funny that this person made this decision. And so uh, I tell the story of um, my biggest money mistake. Uh, and it, oddly enough, the money part of it I'd thought through. It's the permanent part that I had not. I got a tattoo when I was 22, 23 years old. And uh, because my grandmother passed away and I was very sad about that. And so I wanted a teardrop tattoo to, to remind myself 
to uh, save my tears for things that mattered, like my grandmother dying, because I had just recently broken up with a guy who was not worthy of me. And I wasted time crying over him and then realized that that was a, a waste of my tears. And so I spent $150 on a tattoo that I couldn't really afford. And like immediately after was like, why did I do that? (laughs) And so I am being able to laugh at myself and laugh at the situation, which uh, it gets worse. Um, You know, I have permanent body modification. (laughs) Oh, but it's much more horrifying. It gets worse (laughs) because (laughs) several months later, I learned that um, among gang members, a teardrop tattoo uh, represents a person you've murdered. (laughs) So my tattoo (laughs) indicated that I whacked my grandma. (laughs) Oops. Ridiculous. Like, this is objectively funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt felt very, uh, a great deal of shame about this for a long time. And getting to the point where I could laugh about this and and like look at this this objectively funny thing that I did because I didn't think it through, and uh, and why I did it and how money was a part of why I did it because part of my money scripts are that it's important to show your love by sacrificing something. That that's something that I, I feel. And so like, because I had to take money from my grocery budget to be able to pay for this. So I was sacrificing my grocery budget to show how much I loved my grandmother, even though she would have been horrified at the idea of me getting a tattoo. <laughs> 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 a tattoo. Horrified at the idea of you whacking her. Like, right. She would have hated that. Would have hated that. And hated. so, so that's that's one of those things where like you know being able to laugh at yourself is just an integral part of being stacked well and i love that idea because of the fact like you know in this project a lot of a lot of it was written much better in the revisions and if you think about life it's not your first time trying to do something where you succeed it's the third fourth fifth time and if you're able to laugh at those first attempts that gives you the courage to go try it again which leads me to the the other piece of this i think is important and it's really where we start our journey in the book is on it isn't about the money it's about organizing your life around things that you value like we hear about diversify your investments or have a budget or stay out of debt it's not about any of that it's about what do i most want and then how do i work everything so that i get those things and i eliminate the stuff that i don't want so we start off with this very simple idea of timelining your goals put your goals out not not like a list but much more like a vision board where you put them up on a vision board but against each other and then you find out what they all cost and then you'll have these wonderful internal discussions or discussions with people you're planning with about which ones of these are more important than the other is you know, if I've got kids that I want to put through college and I have retirement at X age and I can't get them both when I want them, which one is more important? Maybe maybe junior only pays 50% of college or have we even talked about the ROI in our family? Like why are we just buying into this cultural thing that college is a given in our family? Which, which is it? I mean, I'm not putting judgment on it either way. I'm just saying I love the fact that uh, you can have these values-based discussions first about what's important to you and then work the money around that. I think it's less about having more money and more about having more life. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? 
It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. Mm. Yeah, that is, when we think of stacked, we definitely think of either like bosoms or money. (laughs) And I think being stacked (laughs) with like things that you love in life is kind of like what we're trying to get across in this show is the most important things in life cannot be bought. So how do we like organize and stack our finances to be able to get those things? And sometimes those things can't even be bought. You know, you can't even support yourself with money. They have to, you have to use time or relationships or something, but focusing on the values-based priorities first, and then also rewriting those quote unquote values that we think we have that are actually these like negative like money scripts and like just like doing the hard work of diving in to these things that we've always believed are true and being open to being challenged that they may not be like I love that. And think about how how deep that is, Jen, like how deep some of these conversations, these inner, mm-hmm. inner thoughts get. And these are the things people try to avoid, which is why, to Emily's point, you need the humor. Because if you don't have the humor, you're going to go, I don't have time for this discussion today. Like, this is way too flipping heavy. Mm-hmm. But, but if you're like, yeah, hey, guess what? I whacked grandma yesterday. Let's see if we can do better today. Like, you're going <laughs> you're you're to come at it from a much better angle. I appreciate yeah, the the pairing that you're describing here of the mindset, Emily and Joe, some of the tangibles. Like you guys both 
built upon the other, that not taking yourself too seriously and then having tangible tools like putting a timeline to your goals that both are necessary to come together. I'm curious for both of you in your own selves and then in what you've helped others to do, if someone is finding themselves in that very serious place, how can they not take themselves so seriously? How could they find the humor in it with that internal narrative that's happening? One of the things for me, uh, it's really helpful to kind of step outside of yourself and look at yourself as, as you would a friend. And so often that leads to more sympathy and empathy. And so like that, that's really helpful when you like even talking to yourself in the third person and just be like, uh, you know, like, oh my goodness, I did that. And it's, I, it's, I'm so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Then think about how you would talk to your, your sister, your, your best friend and, and say like, no, Emily, you made a mistake because you're human. And then from there, like, I actually, I will sometimes think about like, how will I tell this story to friends? Like, what will I highlight as the the humorous parts? Like, how would other people see this story, you know, if they didn't know me? Uh, and being able to do that and kind of that removes the, the emotional response of shame because you are focusing on the parts that can be potentially funny that could be, you know, something that you can find sympathy for that you would be very sympathetic to if someone you loved were going through that. And that can be really important to get into the place where you can think a little more rationally about how to solve the problem instead of just beating yourself up and then reacting instead of being proactive. I got to admit, um, but there were times when I, when I really struggled to find the humor you know, in the mid '90s, my my financial situation was just horrible, and there were there was a day when I was on my way home from an appointment, way across Detroit from my house. I had young twins, and um, my spouse was still in school, and uh, so I was the breadwinner, and I was very much failing, and I ran out of gas. And I realized that I had tapped every relative, every line of credit for money. I had no recourse. And I'm scrounging in my seats to find cash so that I could walk. This sounds like an old guy type. So I walked uphill in driving blizzard. No, but I did. But, but to walk almost a mile to a marathon station so that I could give this dude 85 like grimy cents from underneath the seats of my rusty minivan. And uh, he didn't, he didn't want to give me, and I did laugh about this. I cried about my money that night. This is my lowest point. I cried about my money, but, but at the time I laughed because the dude at the gas station did not want to give me the plastic gas can so that I could fill up my gas tank because he didn't think I was going to bring it back. And I had this laugh, like, are you like, someday this is going to be a phenomenal story because this sucks so bad. Like I can't be trusted with money at all. And I realized that day that I needed to stop looking at the, you know, I think a lot of people now are looking at like NFTs or crypto, not in the way that we should, like this blockchain stuff is pretty cool and could be great advancements technology-wise. But I think we look at it like it's a flipping lottery. Like I heard this story a couple of days ago about these people that were getting evicted from their house. So they sold a few NFTs and they evaded eviction and ended up with a lot of money. And I think we hear that story and it sends the wrong message. It's a message I had before that day, which was, you know, I got to start surrounding myself with better people. I got to focus on building a, a foundation. I got to do some of this boring crap that sounds just horrible and long. But what's funny is once I did that, it turned around much quicker. Like I couldn't believe it once I finally, you know, the three pigs build your house out of bricks. 
once I did that, man, it got better so much faster. Yeah. The mindset shift, not viewing failure as the worst thing that could happen, Mm -hmm. but choosing to move through it and finding some lighthearted pieces in the midst of it. Wow. Yeah. And it is those boring parts that are the foundation, that are the things that move the needle. But it is those, those are the things that are hardest to do. It's very easy to download Robinhood and invest in some crypto, but it's hard to do the boring things. So that's kind of where I think most of our listeners are at. They are, they are at, they're like, I know, I, I know what I need to do, I think, but I'm just like in this boring like place. So like what, what would you recommend to them? Like if you are kind of starting out, but like you've been doing it for a smidge, how do you get over that? Like, feeling of the boringness and like keep pushing through. Yeah. I, um, one of the things I really appreciate about, uh, James Clear, who is, uh, the, um, productivity guy, um, you wrote atomic habits. He says, uh, you know, you need to fall in love with the boredom. And so that's something that I actually have found that I'm very good at, at, uh, certain things. Uh, so I really, really like tracking my spending. Um, I don't know why, for whatever reason I am wired weird. And so I like doing that, but I like it even better when I have a spreadsheet that's in rainbow colors. And so my husband is not into the boring, but we, when we were first married, we were trying to pay off, he had a um, home equity line of credit from when he bought his house. And so we lived on his income and used mine to pay off the, the, um, Haylock. And, uh, we put together a, um, a savings thermometer and put it on the, um, on the kitchen wall. And so we would actually because this is long enough ago that you actually got the, the statement in the mail. We would like <laughs> race home to be the first one to open the statement so that we could color in the next little bit. And like, he fell in love with the boredom, like, because he really was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can cross off another, you know, however many thousand dollars. And, um, and so those are the sorts of things like find what motivates you and pair it with the boring stuff. And that is what's going to really move the needle because, you know, whatever it is that motivates you will help help you keep coming until you get to the point where it's actually making a difference and you, you've got the intrinsic motivation of like, yay, this is actually making a difference and, and like things are happening and it's exciting. So, uh, that, and that's, that can be hard to do if you don't know what's going to motivate you, but that's, you know, experimenting, finding humor, uh, uh, doing artwork. You know, one of the things I love about bullet journaling is it, it allows for a lot of creativity in this kind of, uh, falling in love with the boring aspect. Cheryl and I did, did, this is how we found our fun, which is we, we turned the boring thing of talking about our money, which for us had been fighting about our money, into a fun weekly meeting. And the rule was it had to be fun first. It could only be 20 minutes. So we set a timer at 20 minutes. All we do is go through, to Emily's point, we go through our expenses from the week before, the expenses that we had automatically tracked through our app, and then talk about how we were going to spend money the next week. And it was done. And by the way, we were required to have either wine or pancakes with the meeting, depending on what time of day it was. So it, it had to be one or the Perfect. other. But at 20 minutes, we were done. And the cool thing about the, this meeting is when we have the meeting, which we still have because we keep it, we've kept it fun and we've kept it short. 
we have these great organic conversations the rest of the week that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have that quick 20-minute meeting. If we don't have the 20-minute meeting, we don't have those conversations and then it leads to money disagreements. So the bigger conversations aren't in that meeting. They're actually when we're doing other stuff and they kind of stem from that time. And so this little fun thing, once again, gets to the depth uh, that we really need to have. It's such a good ritual because 20 minutes isn't a lot, especially if you're only going to do that once a year. But if you're doing it regularly, it does start to stretch that muscle of, okay, we're going to be able to cover what we need because we're doing it so regularly. We've ritualized it. We've gamified it. We made it enjoyable. Was there ever a time when you didn't get through everything, but you still just stopped because 20 minutes was up? Uh, Most weeks. Most of the time. (laughs) Yes. No, seriously. Most of the time we're like, we're done. But but the goal is to keep it fun. And I feel like, you know, it's, I know it's the money nerd in the family that listens to frugal friends. And I'll tell you the worst thing to do is to drag somebody to the table. If you want to, if you want to, piss off your spouse or your friend or your accountability partner, drag them to the table and make them sit through this hour long meeting that you love and they hate, (laughs) right? Don't, don't do that. So no, don't drag them, lure them. Exactly. Pancakes. (laughs) Pancakes. Yes. I like pancakes. I think what we're talking about is relevant for any aspect of life, especially if it's something long and requires a bit Mm -hmm. of a grind that we hit these points where we might pull back a little bit, something else hijacks, whatever it is that we were working towards. And then how do we get back into it? We're just experiencing this right now with renovations. We are in a home renovation, we are a year and a half into home renovations. And we've got potentially another two years ahead of us. So we've gone in and out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That's helpful. Yeah. (laughs) We've gone in and out and we just had saying what we're all feeling. I know we just had friends and we've, we've gone, we, we were really sick for a couple of weeks. So obviously that decreased our ability to go hard at Renos. And then we had friends come in town and they just helped us do a little bit. It wasn't much, maybe four hours of pulling drywall off the wall. And now my husband and I are like, all right, we're ready. Get ramped up for this weekend. But I think that's it's what we're talking about here, though, of realizing as we go, what are the motivators? And so this, I'm going to keep as a nugget in my head, a friend coming in who can help us for even a few hours helps to motivate us. And that might be even for finances. Is there somebody that I can invite into this conversation that would make it more enjoyable for me? And then to keep track of those things along the way. What motivated me last time when I found myself in this kind of stuck place? So love the ideas, the really tangible, the bullet journal, Emily, too. That's so awesome. The the thing I got out of that, though, Jill, was I'm not coming over. At least for another two years. She has years. a lovely house. She has a lovely house. <laughs> Invite me when it's, uh, it's done. Just, they're, yeah, it's it's great still, even though the kitchen is a dumpster fire. It's The rest of the house is great. And our listeners are probably so tired that. of hearing me describe my kitchen as a dumpster fire. But hey, hopefully it creates permission to live in a bit of a dumpster fire for yeah. some time. Yeah, as you cash flow renovation. Not the fun that's, version of fire, but it's fine. what we've got. For sure. Yeah. I um yeah, I love I love this conversation because it's it's not the sexy conversation that people it doesn't like boost you your SEO in Google. Like people are not searching for how do I sustain a long-term financial goal? Like 
retiring early or paying off debt. They're not searching for how to sustain it. They're asking, what's the best budgeting app? How can I budget better? Can I see other people's budgets so I can compare myself to them? And they're asking these questions that are, you know, they're helpful at first, but like eventually they do not help any longer. Uh, And so, Emily, I loved what you said about intrinsic motivation because that's what fun really does. If you can make something fun or entertaining, you will have the intrinsic motivation to keep going back to it. So it's boring. It's not the most comfortable. It's not ideal. But if you can find, if you can embrace the boredom, I don't, what was that James Clear quote? Um, fall in love with fall the boring. In love, fall in love with the boring. Find ways. It's not forever. To some extent, personal finance is forever. But short personal goals, even if they take multiple years, in the grand scheme of thing are actually like really mm-hmm. short. Um, so I love, I love all of that. There was a time uh, several years ago where I was having a really terrible day. I don't remember what it was. Called my sister of, you know, stacked big, means big boobs fame. Uh, and uh, and was like, I just feel like I'm out of control. I don't know what I'm doing. And and uh, I was telling her all that. And she's like, all right, I want you to get off the phone. And I want you to go balance your checkbook because that always makes you feel better. <laughs> and, and that's I how did, sick and my writing right. partner is right there. <laughs> so, you know. God bless but you. At some point, you know, once you get to this point where where uh, where you fall in love with the boring and this becomes part of your your everyday routine and you feel satisfaction from it, yet you too can be advised by your sister <laughs> on a bad day to go balance your checkbook. And I don't would- I don't know if we'll go that far. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! But but, but maybe something. But, but Emily does this great gamification stuff. She's got in the book budget Tetris that she did. And, uh, you know, because your budget's like a Tetris thing and there's these blocks falling. Mm-hmm. So how do we fit all the blocks in there? So she's the, the gamification queen. Yeah, I was an only child and I love Tetris. So I loved that reference. That was how I spent my afternoons. And we've all experienced what chaos feels like. And so <laughs> maybe boring is an attainable thing. Like, yeah, give me some boring. I'd love that. <laughs> That'd be excellent. No, no mm. hidden things around the corner. Something I, I tell people is, um, you know, people don't want to think about money. And uh, so it's like, okay, you can do that. You cannot think about your money. Um, but what that means is what the exchange is that you're going to have fires that you have to put out. And they're very stressful. Mm -hmm. So is it more stressful to, you know, have the boring and and do the the weekly stuff that you really hate doing? Or is it more stressful to not think about it and have to deal with emergencies as they crop up? Uh, And you know what? If if the second is what you'd prefer, try it. (laughs) You know, um, I think most human beings eventually get to the point where like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'd rather do the boring, but you know, recognizing that that is a trade-off and that by embracing the boring, what you're doing is erasing the, um, the fires, the financial emergencies that are so stressful and cause you so much heartache. And that can be um, a good motivator until it becomes more intrinsic. Well said. It's like when you have an emergency fund, you no longer have emergencies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) That's 
you know, mm. stuff like that. Mm. Oh, uh, 200 episodes in, folks. Here we go. <laughs> we Get got, out your pen and we paper. We finally understand. Yes. We finally understand personal <laughs> finance. All right. So yeah. we talked about the person who is stuck and they're doing the boring. Let's speak for a minute to the, the people who are new to money management. What, from your perspectives, is the first thing that they should do? I think it's that that idea of timelining your goals. Like begin with the end of mind because it solves so many things. And the reason is most of us start with the sexiness of investing, right? I mean, that's what I did. I remember I called a stockbroker. I had no idea what a stockbroker was in college. <laughs> I called a stockbroker and I told him and he's like, you know, that I wanted to invest. I had some money. I had like $1,000. He's like, so what's the deal? And I said, hey, I've got, you know, huge student loans. I've got uh, a little bit of credit card debt. I was just beginning my credit card debt journey. I, I uh, had all of these financial problems. And he told me, he's like, don't, don't invest yet. You need to put some money in an emergency fund. Like you need to get that debt paid off and then call me later. And, uh, and that, was, that was great advice. But I think we all start there with, hey, th- I get fear missing out from all this different stuff. So if I think about when my goals are and how to best achieve them, then I'm going to come backwards to, okay, what do I invest in that meets those goals? And that gets rid of a lot of this, this idea that I got to invest in everything and I got to know everything about everything. Now, if I start with the end of mine, I have to know very little. I only got to know about the things that meet that goal. So if I begin with that goal, mm-hmm. it makes my research easier. It makes the research more fun because it's just in time and I'm going to use the research versus this panicky situation people get themselves into of, I just don't know so much stuff. There's so much that we don't know, but you don't have to. (laughs) Thank you. So I have felt that a lot lately, that there are a lot of things in personal finance that I don't know. And it makes me feel like a little shameful, but then I'm like, I don't need to know everything because I know my goals and my values and I've worked backwards and I'm doing everything I need to do to get to them. So there's a ton of things I don't need to know. And that's great. The cool thing there, Jen, is it can still be a good investment, right? It just isn't for you. So I, I, mm-hmm. I think we judge through this lens of, is it a good investment or not? Which I think is a false lens. It should be, does it fit or not? So I can say confidently that that probably is a good investment, but I've got no goal that meets that timeline. I've got nowhere in my mm-hmm. portfolio that that is good for me. Do you know what is a really good investment and takes no understanding whatsoever? Oh, that I have full understanding of. The The Bill bill of the the Week. week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. I love watching your faces. Like, I don't, what's happening? (laughs) This wasn't in the outline. It's it's the highlight of my month when I get to see people who have never experienced us yell at them. (laughs) Just let loose. I was I was and, about to, uh, to, to run. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for staying. I'm glad you yeah, I'm glad you did. We hear you've got some good uh, bills for us. Yeah. So if you are unfamiliar with our show, every week we have a listener or our guests share with us their favorite bill for the week or month or since the last time we've seen them. And uh and yeah, we'll uh Emily, do you have a bill for us? Uh so 
I'm, I immediately, when you asked me my favorite bill, I was thinking of my friend, Bill, who, when he was feeling a little overwhelmed with like the way the world was going and had this very serious conversation with, with, uh, us saying like, I, I, I think there's like a one in three chance that we just don't survive at all. And like, we were like trying to calm him down and, and all of that. Then later in the conversation, about 45 minutes or an hour later, he said something like, I've never been that good at math. <laughs> so we then pointed out like, oh, and so you calculate, we have only a one in three chance of surviving all that's going on in the world. <laughs> What, what do you think he really thought? Like, he was 50-50 or? It was, it was really just one of those where he <laughs> was just kind of catastrophizing and like <laughs> added to this. And I, I'm not going to say his last name because I don't want him to feel called out. He He's an economist. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, which is, is, I mean, it's more about like uh, being an economist is not necessarily about like, you know, mathematics it's it's more about understanding you know uh asset allo- or allocation of scarce resources and and things like that um and uh you know he he understands stuff that just goes over my head but just the the uh like we had a lot of fun being like so one in three chance but you're not that great at math all righty then <laughs> oh Poor Bill. Oh, Bless Bill, you know what? So you I, too can be an economist and not be good at math if that is a dream of yours. I, I feel I feel a connection with Bill. And maybe it's that my name is Jill. <laughs> maybe it's because it's not too, too far off. I am not good at estimations. My husband gives me such a hard time in anything. Estimating, yeah, h- how many alligators there were in the Everglades <laughs> yesterday. Estimating uh, how much money we're going to have to pay to XYZ. Estimating the length of the of the doorway. I'm just... I'm not, I'm not good at it. I still do it though. It will not stop me. And Bill, if you're listening, (laughs) keep going because somebody out there needs the motivation of 33% survival. (laughs) Yeah. And, and yeah, you keep believing that. Live in your truth, you know, let others correct you and find the radical middle together. Bill, I see you. If you if you asked me to tell you how many alligators there were, estimate, I I would say something like I'd look at them seriously and say I think it's four. <laughs> yeah. I think there's four, and they're this the same there's ones. There's probably four alligators in my backyard right now, and I live in the city. <laughs> but how do you know that they don't move around? <laughs> you have living dinosaurs just wandering around the place. Well, there are surely there are probably four alligators in your backyard, Jill. No, well. Hey, I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got for us? Bring us back. Can I pay? Can yeah. I play a clip of mine? Can I do that? Uh, can yeah. I? If, yeah. All right, this is Let's this try is it. this is my favorite bill, and my spouse Cheryl will tell you I have a total man crush on this dude, and she and she laughs every time this guy comes on stage or on on screen. She's like, "Look, look, look who's here, Joe! Mm. I can hear your heart pounding." This <laughs> He's is stacked. Yes, this is this is my bill right here. Like corned beef, I make my own. <laughs> These are Principal Flautus, and yes, you flouted. Give it up for, and this is his real name, Gayheart Munch. What? 
Please welcome Osner Jimenez. And then you get uh, Bill Hader dancing. You got Bill Hader playing the flute. You get Bill Hader. Oh, that's who I thought it was. Bill Hader. Like, Bill Hader. That sounds like Bill Hader. <laughs> yeah. That dude's a genius. <laughs> just a comedic genius. I, I love I just that his Bill name Hader sounds and I like laughing. you hate Bills, though. My favorite Bill is <laughs> Bill Hader. Yeah. Bill Hader. <laughs> oh, wow. Layer on that's layer on layer. Wow. Those were good times in Saturday Night Live. Like, those were, that was a, that was a golden time. So my favorite Bill Hader yeah. moments though, is when he loses it, you know, like Jimmy Fallon always loses yeah. it and just can't <laughs> yeah. keep going with the skit and he's having so much fun getting into it. And then there's times when you think he will lose it and he doesn't, he keeps bringing it. But if you haven't seen, what's the one where he's the, uh, where he's the, it's the, I don't know, Showtime or, or, or HBO series. I only was able to watch a couple Barry? episodes on a plane. Barry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's brilliant and Barry. I love that both of you nice. brought Bill, like per, per, yeah. person, people who are Bills. Love that. People. We don't yeah. often get those, <laughs> and they are my favorite when there's a person. They named are my Bill. favorite, too. Everyone knows my favorite is Bill Curtis, <laughs> and so few people have other Bills. I so, did not know that. I didn't you. know it was Bill Curtis at all, Jen. I didn't. Oh, I've don't never... get her started. She's mm-hmm. gonna go for minutes now. <laughs> tell us about. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And Bill Curtis, Anchorman. It'd be a it'd be and... a stereotype if I said my favorite bill was hundred dollar bill with a name like Stacking Benjamins. Like you can't. <laughs> like that would be. You, but, you can't do that. But with a show like Stacking Benjamins, you'd never have that. You answer. can't do it. It would always be something obscure. It's gotta be. Well, Bill Hader. That's the maybe only I should have been I more expect. obscure. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you're listening to this and you want to tell us more about people named Bill, whether they know how to estimate or not, <laughs> if they're comedians, if it has nothing to do with people and just bills, you 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 know it. You don't have to understand this that much. Anyone ever asked, ever said uh, a certain type of duck bill? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. You've got duck Liz, bills. Uh, Elizabeth okay. Kohler-Temps. Yeah. Every time, actually, multiple times. Multiple times. This is so funny. So, Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We love to hear it. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. 
With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. So today on our lightning round, this one's a little more subtle. We don't yell at you. Um, we we want to share one way we keep money fun in our own lives currently. So, Joe, you shared a little bit about yours. I don't know if you have any other ones, but allow you and Emily to go first. Emily? Uh, so one way that my husband and I kind of try to keep money fun is uh, we, we talk about our, um, we start talking about goals with uh, our favorite travel destinations. So that's actually how I got him on the same page with me um, financially is like we were on a car trip, um, a road trip. And, and I said, like, you know, we're like top 10 vacation destinations go. And so we were like going back and forth. We, you know, like he'd say one, I'd say one, he'd say one, I'd say one. Uh, and so one of them was uh, he he wants to go to uh, the 24 hour Le Mans automotive race in France. And uh, I was like, I am down with that. So similarly, like uh, several years ago, again, road trip, for some reason that just brings out the the conversations in us. He was saying that when he turned 40, uh, he wanted to go on a big motorcycle trip with his, with his, uh, his best friends. And so I was like, and so once we got out of the car, I was like, all right, let's start saving for it. So that's, that's one of the ways that we keep money fun in my, my family is, is we talk about big things we want to do. And we, we, from there, like, how do we get there? Uh, a way that we made money fun when my kids were growing up is I got tired of yelling about the utility bill because I would come home from work and every light in the house is lit up. Like it's my house is like Disneyland with every light on. We had two TVs. They're both on. <laughs> Nobody's watching anything. And I got tired of complaining about it. So we played a game where I took out some graph paper and every month when the utility bill came, we played like this limbo game of how low can you go with the utility bill? And I got the kids who were eight at the time in on the game and it got so bad that I would, I, I'd be watching a football game on TV. I would leave the room to get some water. I'd come back and my daughter's turned off the television. She's like, dad, when you leave the room, you got to turn the TV off. I'm like, I'm coming right back, Autumn. She's like, but we're trying to win, dad. We're trying to win. So yeah, yeah instead of complaining about stuff, see if you can turn it into a game. Ooh, mm. Love the game of fines. Yes. What about for you, Jen? I personally host a podcast, a, a fun <laughs> podcast about money. I don't know What's if it called? anybody can... Uh, it's it's called uh, Whiskey Women. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you've probably never heard of it. Um, no, but that, that, that um, will be our late night podcast for when, sure. Yeah. Frugal friends at night will be called That's whiskey women. Um, one. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to you stacked. to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that Stacked is going to be the intro. Women. Oh, Perfect. I'm seeing a partnership. <laughs> oh, yes. This this show support this show supported by Third Love. Yes. Oh no. Right. 
<laughs> Great. Um, um, I would say other than that, Travis and I are embarking. We like to work together like as a team. We love making money. Personally, I I love, I think it's a game. And so we have just started our first foray into real estate investing. So um, that is something that we're doing that is going to make us very broke for a little while, <laughs> but is something that we can like do together and work on together. And it's that's like our warped sense of what an activity is, like a fun <laughs> activity. And then like reap the benefits of that, like going that's forward. Cool. So yeah. And I don't think real estate investing is for everyone, but it is like something that we've been interested in for several years and just finally are taking the plunge now. So that's, yeah, working together on projects is, is our thing on investments. So Jill? I think for us, the way that we keep it fun is really centered around values-based spending, the ability to identify what do we want to spend on and so where do we want to cut. And so certainly I am the more saver and budget-focused person between my husband and I. He's on board, but he definitely gets that like, "Mm, this isn't fun if you're telling me no. (laughs) So I try and tell him (laughs) yes and highlight what maybe eating at home that whole week is allowing us to do. So I'll try and highlight as much as possible. Like, we ate at home this whole week. Now we can go away for the weekend with friends. Now we can. So that's been, and that's been fun for me too, to see what is it affording me and to continually remind myself where I have sacrificed, what is it making room for? And that happens for me when I look over our budget every two weeks, our spending, what money came in. And so it is pretty much every two weeks, I will kind of highlight to my husband, he's not a part of that process, but I'll kind of yell to him from the other room like, hey, we can do that trip now. (laughs) Or this is what we're now (laughs) able to buy. It's usually something like renovation related, but that's exciting to us right now. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for celebrating our 200th episode with us. I know it's not like the uh, thousand plus of Stacking Benjamins, but we are slowly getting there. (laughs) They're on your tail, Joe. We're getting there. (laughs) We are on that tail. Stacked. Watch your six, man. (laughs) (laughs) So if people want to uh, find more from you guys, where can they find more of your beautiful words and voices and books? You can uh, find Stacked anywhere books are sold. Um, if you're uh, ordering online, uh, Amazon, of course, is the you know 800-pound gorilla. We also love bookshop.org because that can help support local um, independent bookstores. And if you want to you know, step in and you know, see people in, in the real world in meat space, you could also go into your local independent bookstore and buy a copy. Wow. Um, and then uh, you can find me at emilyguyberkin.com. That's my website and forward slash slash stacked. There's information about the book um, and about how to how to find it. And you can also reach me on Twitter, which I'm on way too much, at Emily Guy Birkin is my handle. Podcast uh, listeners generally like audiobooks too. I'll tell you, the audiobook was a lot of fun. Mm. You get Emily and I both and my mom 
who has snippets in the book. You actually hear the woman that plays my mom on the show, our friend uh, Julie Ray Harrison steps in his mom and she's hilarious. As somebody who's really in real life, my neighbor down the street, it, it is hilarious to hear my friend <laughs> Julie Ray playing the part of mom, which is a long story. But uh, yeah, uh, the audiobook's great. <laughs> and we're coming around the country. We'll be coming to your area, by the way, uh, 40 different cities. Uh, so we're coming yes. to Tampa, stackingbenjamins.com slash stacked. And that tour starts in March. And I think we hit Tampa. When are we at? We're going to be We're gonna be by you, by the two of you at, uh, let me look this up because it's right here. We're going to be at Cigar City Brewing on uh, March 14th. So, but uh, it'll be, oh my God, yes. it'll be, day- well, be careful. Cause we have about 200,000 alligators right within like a two mile radius of Tampa. Is that your yeah. estimate? Cause I yeah, think that's, four. that's me, Jill, really, you know, like very closely related to bill. That's my estimate. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, if you're in the Tampa area, you can join Jill and I at Cigar City Brewing on that day. Yes, or anywhere else, wherever you are. We'd love to hang out with uh, money nerds all over the country. Yes. So they can find the tour, uh, stackingbenjamins.com? Yeah, stackingbenjamins.com slash stacked. And that's also a lot of, and and Emily has it also on her website, Mm -hmm. uh, emilyguyberkin.com slash stacked. Love that. Those will all be in the show notes. Again, Thank you so much for hanging out with us, guys. This has been great. That one was a pleasure for me. I am very glad Mm. that we had them on for our 200th episode. Because it was, I mean, you know, it's a guest episode. Like, who are you going to have on for your 200th? You know? Yeah. Well, this feels so full circle, not to say we're done and see you later. It's it's only up from here, I think. Mm-hmm. But to have when we first started this podcast here, you talk so much about Stacking Benjamins and Joe Salcihai and some of these other names in the personal finance world. I had no idea who they were. I had <laughs> very little introduction to it, but definitely they they seemed like these big powerhouses within the industry, like untouchable, at least from our standpoint, as people thinking we're going to start out. And so now to be where we're at and they're actually willing to come on our show is huge <laughs> for me. And always fun to watch you, Jen, fangirl out. That's always as good for always, me, so. <laughs> As always, uh, whenever we have guests most of the time. So thank you for yes. listening, some of you for 200 episodes. We know that so many of you, we get so many emails and Facebook messages and see the posts in the Facebook group of people. Even if you weren't with us all the way back in 2018, you've listened to every episode. You've binged the backlog. And we, I mean, we are so grateful. You have allowed us to do something that we love, to refine a skill and passion that I didn't even know that I was going to have, but now can't see my life without. And it is mm-hmm. your support and you keeping like coming back every week that makes this possible. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart. But also you go one step further and you leave us these beautiful reviews that just like make us feel like so warm. Like this one from AJ321. It happens to be five stars. It says, you guys rock. 
I'm a stay-at-home mom and homeschool my two boys. Your episodes on frugal self-care, contentment, minimal living, and scheduling have helped me so much decluttering my life and allow me to have focus on what is most important to me. You give such great practical tips on how to do what I've always wanted to do. For example, I've always wanted to do a gratitude journal. But if I want to add something to my life, I realize something has to go. So I deleted social media off my phone. This has helped me in my goals of contentment because I'm not comparing or bombarded with ads and more time for journaling and connecting with friends on an individual basis. So thank you. I'm so grateful for this podcast. And we are grateful for you, AJ. Thank you. That's so amazing and excellent. Just even these small things, but what a difference it sounds like it's making in your life. So if we can even be a small part to your motivation, if you can just take one tip or tool per episode, oh, we're so thrilled for that. So glad to be here for so many episodes. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you also to those who share these episodes on social media. When you share the latest episode on Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing. Here's what it is for those of you who haven't heard before. For every five tags, and reviews we get each month. We're giving away $50 for you to spend in the Frugal Friends shop. And that's just more goodies Mm -hmm. in the shop to help you on your financial journey. So please keep doing that. Yes. Keep leaving us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and sending the screenshot to reviews at frugalfriendspodcast.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Oh, Jen, celebration. I feel like this is a big component connected to fun. Mm That's related to personal finance, but I think opportunity for us to practice it even within this podcast of celebrating the milestones as we go, 200 episodes. I know we recently celebrated and now beyond 2 million downloads and that's something that we practice. I don't know that our community always gets to see all of what the celebration looks like, but it is cool to have fun along the way in every episode and then to be able to celebrate the milestones. And I don't know, this is me letting letting those who have stuck around to this post-show dialogue that there is so much celebration on our end, whether it's getting together for a meal. Jen and I text back and forth. You and I text back and forth like emojis, like here's where we're at and updates. And it's just, there's so many fun pieces and this feels like a celebration yeah. to me. And especially having yeah Joe and Emily on today. That's a part of that celebration. Yeah. I so often gloss over milestones on my road to the next milestone. And to just take some time today to remember how significant uh, 200 episodes is. Most podcasts, just a little podcast statistics for you, most podcasts do not make it past 10 episodes. The vast majority do not make it past 10. And 200 has has been a joy. It's been a pleasure spending over 200 hours with you, Jill, uh, recording, and even more Whoa. in real life. 
didn't even think about yeah. it that way, how much we've talked to each yes. other. And it has forged this friendship that I am so thankful for. And I, I'm mm-hmm. Frugal Friends has been life-changing. And I have said that many times, but only in the past year have I really realized the significant blessing it is um, and how rare it is to have a podcast like this and a friendship like yours. And um, gosh, yeah, I'm just taking a moment today to let that sink in. Yeah, Jen, I couldn't say it better. I uh, there's so many things, and I can't, I'm reflecting on it with Eric and friends too. Uh, uh, hey, wow! I, there's so many things I wouldn't have done with my finances if it weren't for this podcast and this community. It feels like this, like we're saying a goodbye. We're no, not. <laughs> we're just we have a, reflecting on the past yeah. and so excited for the future. Yeah, we have a a big announcement coming up that is going to give you even more frugal friends. So I hope you're not sick of us yet because we are just getting started. We're going to take those 200 episodes and multiply it. Yes. And uh, we are, it's funny after 200 episodes feeling like, okay, we're just getting started. And Mm. yeah, I'm very excited uh, for everyone to follow along in this journey with us. Cheers. Grateful for you, Jen. Grateful for all of you in the community. Mm -hmm. Thank you to those who have listened. It's the reason we made it to 200. Otherwise, we're just talking into microphones. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers and gratitude and celebration. See you next week. See ya. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team ranking as a top culinary destination in the world be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.